Broadcasting worldwide from the Toadsuck Studio in beautiful Central Arkansas, you're listening to Bad Choices of Bourbon. I am your host, Dan Decker, at D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R on Twitter. With me this week is Tilly, broadcasting from hey. Bristol, the UK. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. It's uh, nice to see you and nice to meet you. Uh, this this is quite possibly, um, aside from the very earliest episodes of this show, uh, this is quite possibly the most true-to-form um, uh, episode we have had in a very long time because um, the show started as well it started as one thing and it turned into a let's get to know each other kind of situation uh, but you know other than than just um, uh, some really great uh, interactions here and there on Twitter just we have literally just met <laughs> we have we have yeah, um, and, yeah. Uh, and it is a pleasure to meet you as well. I've seen pictures of you. I know what you look like. I've noticed yeah, you walk right. down the street in Bristol. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Like we we mentioned just before the show, you're not the first person from Bristol to be on the show, um, and it just kind of proves the point that we're all more connected than uh, than you might imagine. Found out the other day that I, what well, I thought it was four degrees of Kevin Bacon, I'm actually three degrees of Kevin Bacon. So the world oh, just keeps getting degree. smaller. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Step down one. Well, and the one that I lost was Donald Trump. So let's be clear, it was a good one to lose. Um, I was going to say, if you're going to lose one, there's going to be Trump. So that's... Well, you know, I mean, I don't. I, uh, that one, that particular connection uh, was interesting until it became terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so you you mentioned okay, we're just gonna I'm just gonna ask, uh, you know, okay, tell well, me about tell me about Eurovision. <laughs> what is? Oh, you were itching to ask that straight away. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the listeners, this will be this will be out of time by the time they hear this. So, can, uh, in the moment, this will be a weird um, one. yeah, well, a couple three weeks, but still, um, there's been an event I take it going on uh, on the other side of the pond where. Um, it's quite a, it's quite the to do, uh, and I have no idea what the context of it is. So it's called Eurovision, and, and what exactly is that? Why is it such a big deal? So, oh wow! So Eurovision started about sixty-five years ago, and I think Eurovision linked to the TV coverage or the network coverage. So it was about five or six countries: um, the big five, sort of Spain, Germany, UK, Italy, France. And as the, the reach kind of went out and out and out, you had all these other countries that came on in, in Europe. And it's now no longer Europe. It's everything outside. So you've got places like um, Israel and Azerbaijan. You know, are they Europe? Australia. That's clearly not Europe. Um, and <laughs> they all compete. And basically, it's a huge song contest where everyone gets together uh, and puts forward a song, has to be an original song, has to be sung um, on the night, no kind of dubbing or, or lip syncing or anything like that. There's a certain amount of people that you're allowed on the stage. You get under three minutes, I think it is. Uh, and then 26 countries, they all compete. And then there's a scoring system. Uh, and then everyone around Europe scores. Uh, and unfortunately, everyone hates the UK. So we always come last. And we came dead last last night as well. So uh, they call it Neil Poir. So that's but, um, what that was. That's what all the devastation and 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 pining was about. That I oh, was, we that knew I was we were going to lose. Oh, we should well, have just accepted the fact we were going to lose. Well, you know that there is that 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 is a true fan. A true fan can root for the home team in the darkest of circumstances, even anticipating the loss. 
But as they say, well, we won't we won't use that phrasing. It isn't over until someone sings, right? Um, <laughs> no body shaming on this podcast. We're not we're not we're going to drop those old tropes. But as it were, it's not over till it's over, right? Uh, and so you can root to the bitter end, even knowing you're going to lose. <laughs> it was it was good. We, we rooted for other countries because there are some really good acts that get put forward. Really, really good acts. Um, so Italy won. Um, and me and my friends always say, well, next year we'll go too in May because it's always held in the third week of May. Oh, wonderful. Um, Just like my birthday. I think it is. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday. If it's so, yeah, Eurovision happened on my birthday, so that's I should celebrate that. Like, oh, yeah. there you yeah. go. It's just a celebration of your birthday as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that's obviously they planned 65 years ago. They were like, well, in 20 years, we're going to need we're going to need something to celebrate Dan. So we better get that started now. Get all kids worked out. Like By the time it was 20 years old, I'm sure the appeal had broadened to an acceptable reception, receptible audience for myself. So, yeah. <laughs> I get to go to Italy next year if I have the money and I can buy a ticket. So, um, but I've been before. I've been to Germany. Um, I've been to Sweden, and I've been to Portugal. Um, and each time was just the biggest, craziest dress-up party that you can For ever you imagine. These, you, these are yeah. the times you've made it. Oh wow, that is incredible. Um, yeah, well, speaking of. Um, trips and cool places and international travel um it was meant to be this past spring uh but obviously viruses have other uh plans for us this past year but next spring most likely i'll be in london uh my first international travel will be to the uk uh my oldest boys and i are going to travel through a school trip but um london and then paris so we'll be we'll be over in that neck of the woods for about a week uh soonish oh, enough amazing so you're yeah. flying into london and then going on to paris yeah that, i think that's the plan yeah so i'm hoping what are you to, looking forward uh, to when you come over what, what's the one thing you want to see more than anything when you come to london uh my friends <laughs> i know so many people there now that you know i'm going to i might get in trouble by uh staying away from the group uh, too much to meet the people that i really want to see you know the <laughs> the the buildings and all of that, you know, we're going to do the touristy stuff and because it's all a planned and itinerized trip and that's fine. Um, and I, you know, I mean, I got roots over in that side of the world. I want to see that stuff. It's fascinating history. Uh, but, you know, when that trip was planned, it was about going there and doing the things. And in the year, you know, you're in some change since so many of the people that I've come to know, like Rashid. Um, we're practically identical and, you know, I mean, we claim each other as twins. Um, he's shorter than I am, turns out. Has a better tan, though. Um, and, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, now it's more, for me, it's more about meeting you guys and that stuff and than it is to see Big Ben or whatever, you know, Parliament. It'll be cool, but yeah, you know. There'll be scaffolding up still. It'll be boring. Yeah, that's fair. You know, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That just means I have to come back later. And do all the true, true, you know, true. Oh, you have to travel from Bristol over to London. London. London's not too far away from me, and I work up there quite a bit, so cool. that'd be cool. Yeah, no, you'll definitely know. Trust me. <laughs> there, will, there will be no, there will be no mistaking when Dan travels to Europe because I won't shut up about it. <laughs> Well, uh, cool. It's good to know. So that sounds a lot like, I mean, you know, it's not like American Idol or that concept is uh, completely our idea. Uh, obviously, it's been happening before, well before that. But it, it's something I can empathize with uh, because, um, 
one of the few things Conway is uh, Conway, Arkansas is known for. There's there's a handful of things. Um, we are the Conway in Conway Twitty. So the country artist Conway Twitty was he took his mm -hmm. stage name after Conway, Arkansas in Twitty, Texas. Uh, and so that's us. Uh, we have about 29 plus uh, roundabouts uh, and counting. Uh, so <laughs> old intersections are being refit. New intersections are being built as roundabouts. It's beautiful. Uh, it is a it is a delimiter. So it's one of those things where you can tell if someone is visiting or are from Conway because uh, if they're visiting, they complain about the roundabouts. Uh, we all, you know, true Conwegians, we love them. Uh, and then uh, home to American Idol, Chris Allen. Uh, who won American Idol back in like oh 2006 or something like that? Um, and he lives Johnny Cash from Arkansas. Who's that? Johnny Cash. Is he Johnny from Arkansas? Cash. Mm -hmm. Johnny Cash is from oh, Arkansas. Uh, John author John Grisham, actress uh, Mary Steenburgen. Um, uh, yeah, Ernest Hemingway spent some time here, but isn't from here. Um, Bill Clinton, of course. I feel your pain. Uh, President. <laughs> President Bill Clinton and uh, former Secretary of State and uh, presidential candidate Hillary Clinton as well. So, huh? you know, a few notable notes and me. So, but let's let's rewind now that we've gotten the Eurovision um, uh, educational opportunity out of the way. Let's let's talk about <laughs> let's go back to talking about Tilly, though. Um, so Bristol is where you are. Is that where you've always been? It is, yeah. Born and bred and raised in Bristol. Um, I've worked here. I've had opportunities to work usually in London. I've worked in Paris for a while, but Bristol's kind of my home. Although I'd like to retire to Cornwall. I don't know if you know Cornwall. That's on the southwest coast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beaches, surfing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, anywhere there's yeah. beaches sounds like a better place to be. <laughs> exactly. Starfleet boy asked. Um, a few weeks ago, is there a California in in the UK? And if there was, it would be Cornwall. So yeah, well, I was going to say, um, I think probably one of the more underappreciated, uh, ge you know, uh, geographical features, topographical features of, of the UK is that the beaches are rather pretty. It's quite beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not what I mean, everyone, I think, gets the idea of like gray and dreary and so on and so forth. But it's not always like that. And the beaches are fantastic. Mm. So, yeah, white sands, clear crystal waters. They, yeah. they look tropical, some of them. The one where I usually stay. <clears throat> It's like a kilometer away. It's, you, you could be on a tropical island when the weather's nice, but it's England, so it's not usually nice. But right, right. sometimes on a good day. <laughs> yeah, sometimes on that one good day out of the year. No, but I think that's, um, I, I, you know, it's easy to kind of, um, I think, get the, get the, the presented image of, of what uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the isle is like, Britain itself. And it's not what we always think it is it's quite you know it's quite a, a beautiful place from what i've seen otherwise so well growing up what's it like to grow up in bristol what what was that like uh, what was it like to grow up in bristol I mean, how, um, how big is the town how big is it how, what's the population it's, 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 I, I always liken it to a mini london so yeah. whatever you want to do whatever you want to find whatever you want to seek out you can find it in bristol just on a much smaller scale than yeah, london a little more manageable um, it's much more manner. London's nice to visit. London, sorry, anyone that lives in London, not not the nicest place to live. Not for me, anyway. 
Uh, I've already said I want to be in Cornwall. Um, but yeah, no, Bristol has a really good music scene. Uh, we're famous for uh, two things, mainly. It's the Clifton Suspension Bridge. So you might have heard of an engineer called Isambard Kingdom Brunel. He designed this huge suspension. So you Google Bristol, that's usually one of the iconic images that, that come up. Um, and then we were first for the International Balloon Fiesta. So um, a, every year, obviously, last year didn't happen. Um, and usually when it's raining, it will get cancelled. But you'll get hundreds of these balloons all together for a night glow. And then they all take off and everyone chases these balloons. It's a huge fun fair, music. It's like a big old festival that kind of goes on in August. It's amazing. Oh, that is, that sounds uh, fantastic. So these these local uh festivals i find to be some of the most fascinating things because we have one here uh last year was the first year in 30 odd years that it didn't happen um and then of course it hasn't returned yet it wasn't safe to do so yet so probably next year uh but it's called toad suck days but it's spelled d-a-z-e like you're in a daze you know uh and toad suck (laughs) toad suck is a uh is a former lock and dam so or a ferry um uh, at the river so uh the arkansas river runs pretty much right diagonally through the middle of the state um Mm -hmm. and it is just uh two miles from my house it's right across the the way and so uh back before the bridge was built the lock and dam was built um you know to get across you ferried you got your car or yourself on the ferry and it was the toadsuck ferry um and it is there's 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 like the legend and then there's the truth um and it's somewhere in between um but the uh, the legend is that before before prohibition, the um, the, the old uh, uh, folks would sit down at the bar on the uh, Toadsuck Ferry and and drink themselves up until uh, they swell up like toads is what they'd say. But I don't I don't buy that one. Um, the the more plausible, especially given the nature of our language around the state of Arkansas, including its name. Um, it is a uh, it is a some kind of a transliteration of some French uh, to deal dealing with the sugar trade. Um, and, okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of French influence uh, in some of the names in Arkansas, French, French and uh, uh, Hispanic, Spanish. Uh, but yeah, it's um, uh, so we have that festival uh, every summer, first weekend of May. And it's just fried food and music and crafts and everybody downtown. So obviously, you know, can't do that right now. But um, we call it second Christmas in this house. Uh, We look forward to it that much. Uh, It is it's uh, it's a holiday here and uh, looking forward to having it back because it's been missed. I mean, you can only go so many years without a fried Oreo. I don't know if you knew that was a thing. Yeah, deep fried Oreo. Okay, so. Yeah, deep fried, <laughs> deep fried in vat fryer. Yeah, uh, fried Oreos, fried Twinkies, um, fried meats, of course. Uh, but probably the most uh, head scratching yet also delicious thing that I came across was deep fried bacon. Oh. We will deep fry bacon in the South. Yes, that is correct. You heard deep it right here. Deep, we will deep fry you if you show up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. It, I mean. If you if you can eat it, we'll put it in a fryer. There's no. <laughs> so 
But uh, well, what'd you do uh, as a young one? What what was your what were your interests? I know Star Trek is obviously a a through line for us, but what uh, what else held held your imagination as a youngster? Oh wow! So my my parents grew up in a pub. Um, they were a pub landlord and landlady. Um, so I either had the choice to do my maths homework downstairs with alcoholics and kind of poor demons. I can play pool really well as a result, so that's good. Upstairs, um, <laughs> watching movies, uh, that, that's all I do. And I'd always go to the video um, store and buy fantasy movies, you know, never-ending story, labyrinth. That was kind of the, the cool kind of stuff that was around when I was a kid. Um, and I grew up on that. Um, that makes me sound like a reborn child. They did go out. They did let me out as well. Um, <laughs> I, mean, that, I think that was where the love of sci-fi and all those sorts things were born really so uh i'm an only child so i spent a lot of time upstairs just like watching the movies and then play acting it out and, and all those kind of things keeping yeah. yourself entertained yeah absolutely yeah it was all that i go downstairs and start drinking at 12 years old so yeah no I that might not have been the, the best plan <laughs> <laughs> so but okay so what was your what was your favorite of those videos because um there was a when I was, you know, 13, 14 or so, 15 years old, there was a, I lived within a block or two walking distance. Uh, for a minute, it was about just two houses up the street. And then later on, it was just a block or two up the street from a video store. Uh, so I spent inordinate amount of time in that store just browsing, um, renting <laughs> to the point that, you know, every so often I'd just get a freebie. Um, they kept all the posters for me. I mean, it was great. Um, and so, you know, there were some though that you, you just go back to over and over again, like a comfort oh, okay. food, you know? And so what, what was, what was your favorite video to watch over again? Oh, uh, when I was young, it had to be Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, Jim Henson Isn't everyone in that movie beautiful? Oh, yeah. It's Jennifer yeah. Connelly's first movie too. She's so young. It makes me feel so old. I know, though, but it hasn't aged. Yeah, yeah. No, she looks like she might be five years older now, which is frustrating for for myself because, um, you know, I I had to look way more than five years older from that time. But she was like 15, 16 years old. She was she was really really, she was super young. Yeah, she was super young when she did it. So and there's there's really weird links to who plays what. So do you remember the red demon, fire demon kind of things? The guys there. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that. There's four of them, and they're quite evil. Um, Or they try and hurt her in in some way. But one of the characters is voiced by a guy called Danny John Jules who is Cat from Red Dwarf. I don't know if you watch Red Dwarf over there. See, I need that. Is, Red Dwarf is a gaping hole in my, oh, in my love of all it. things. Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> uh, because, um, you know, I, I have no doubt. Uh, of all the things that people have tried me to, to convince me to, to pick up over the years, Babylon 5 has never taken. I've never taken to it. I've tried. I continue no, to try. But I know without a doubt that Red Dwarf is just waiting for me to put the time in. And I, because it's, it sounds like it's out there in the wheelhouse with Lex and Farscape and Hitchhiker's Guide and just this absurd but also wonderful sci fi. Um, and I really ought to, I really ought to do myself a favor because you're not the first person to say, no, go ahead. <laughs> You should. You should take that step. You really should take that step. So, um, yeah, Red Red Dwarf. Yeah, I started watching that. And um, 
Yeah, what was the other one you mentioned then? No, uh, not Babylon. Oh, uh, so Babylon Five. Yeah, no, that was it. That's the one that I can't, I can't quite get into. But um, the ones that I figure that Red Dwarf are like would be like Lex and Farscape, kind of just out there, you know, nutty sci-fi. It is, and it's hilarious. It's really, really funny. Um, and in Hitchhikers, I um, Hitchhikers Guide to the Galaxy. I remember that series being on, and it's really again you're watching it, it's really old now, but I fell in love with that. And actually, I think that was before Star Trek. So the love was growing, the love of space, the love of astronomy, the love oh, wow. of sci-fi, the oh. whole kind of space thing. Let's call it. So, so I uh, I don't own or I, I didn't I didn't hold on to very many VHS uh, tapes because I don't even have a player anymore. Um, I, I should probably find one just to, to, to have one, but, um, my, uh, my VHS copy of the BBC, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide television, uh, series is one of the, one of the VHS I kept. Um, the other are the, unfortunately non-widescreen, but pre, um, pre-special edition, uh, Star Wars movies on VHS. Um, they're not widescreened. They're they're full framed, but they're the unaltered. Apparently, never that they never exist anymore. Versions of those movies. <laughs> so, those those and I, I gosh, I think uh, I think I still have my copy of Mask of the Phantasm, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, but that would be out in the shed somewhere. Uh, wow. But yeah, so um, I was just talking with Johnny, you know, Sorcerer Johnny on on mm -hmm. Twitter. Yeah, I was talking with uh, chatting with him a little yesterday. Well, through a through a tweet thread about um, someone mentioned. So it came up and, and he, he shared a picture of himself from from, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old and uh, his hair just standing straight up, you know brushed back like looks like it's been quaffed and hairsprayed and he he had he has seen the similar picture of myself and so you know he was like oh you know basically calling me out to post it and then um but the the comment was that we both looked uh, we looked like Corey feldman um and so we started and uh i said i said well you know uh maybe these pictures were taken right before we went to hunt down the lost boys or was it before we got our license to drive and uh, Johnny comes back and he's like, well, I don't know, but I was dreaming a little dream. And I was just, I watched that movie. Do you, do you know that movie with Corey Feldman and Jason Robards, Dream a Little Dream? I mean, the song, no, obviously, but the movie. Oh, it's, um, I've, I've gotten a hankering to go back and rewatch it now, of course, talking about it so much. But um, that was one of the ones, and I have, I, I don't know why. There was something about it, just, it was fun, it was fun um, uh, little teenage romance comedy type thing. Um, it may have even been like a place switch where, you know, youngster switches with old person okay. type, type thing. Uh, but anyway, watch that movie. That was one of the ones I would go to snatch off the wall and, and watch that, uh, over and again, um, that and pump oh. up the volume of Christian Slater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christian Slater. Cause you oh. gotta be a rebel, you know? Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Star Trek connection <laughs> too, you know, uh, his, his brief cameo in Star Trek six where he uh, yeah. wakes up Captain Sulu. Um, so that, okay, so Hitchhikers and, and I mean, Doctor Who, I don't want to be stereotypical, but I mean, that's kind of... I'm not into Doctor Who. Wow, I'm, so, yeah, I'm okay. I'm one out, yeah. yeah I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not, it's not that I don't like it, I've just never sat down to really, truly watch it. It's a lot right now. I'm There's my, a lot of it. My parents weren't into sci-fi at all, so it was a typical, I think Doctor Who's like a Sunday evening program in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so we didn't we didn't watch it so i i kind of missed that and that that's also on my list of things i should watch like tech are you a brit yes Doctor yeah. so. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't do they, they don't revoke your citizenship over that do they i mean that's uh, they think serious. about it they ask you that yeah. passport controls you know because you can get back into the country who's your favorite doctor <laughs> you know and if you can't answer that question they're like Psst, you know that's funny so as growing up though like um as your as your interest progressed when did trek come along so trek came along so it's weird most people are oh i watched star trek with my dad or i watched it with my mom my family and it was always on and, and um the home i think the only things that were on when i was growing up um and it was kind of um lost in space Mm-hmm. Land of the Giants, that, that kind of stuff. Oh, so I love that stuff. Yeah, it was great. Um, but, yeah, most of my time I was upstairs at the pub, so it was, yeah, Labyrinth, Flatland Navigator, Goonies and stuff. And then as I got older, it's more Jurassic Park, huge. I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. Um, and Jurassic Stargate Park was the first movie I played on my 4K TV. Oh, it was the first movie I was like, there, I was like there isn't anything. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else I wanted to see in 4k the first time than the glasses off sauropod moment ah oh, come on yeah it was brilliant anyway back to you so I, I, moved in, I moved into this house five years ago um and this bose system this really oh. nice top of the range it came with the house i wouldn't have oh. spent the money on it but it came with the house and the first one put on was um jurassic park just for the kind of tyrannosaurus rex footprint um the best scene movie history it um (laughs) that that era of filmmaking is very special um when we you know they they knew the technology was limited so they didn't try to do too much with it and they found a way to uh, well and spielberg too is just a master behind the camera um, and he understands how to frame shots to bring you into it with the character and also mm-hmm. uh, give you that sense of same, that same sense of wonder. There's a whole, of course, there's a thousand different kinds of breakdown and comparison videos on the YouTube out there. But um, there's one in particular that shows the differences before, behind why it worked in Jurassic Park, but didn't work in Jurassic World um, in huh. the same sense. Um, and but yeah, that that whole everything about that that is that is a movie and a film and the difference being that movies you go to to have fun and films are art uh and it's all art but you know you know what i'm saying um movies movies are for popcorn and films are for uh wine and refine uh but uh jurassic parks for all of it i mean if you like popcorn and wine this is your film i do so and it's gorgeous and it's just gorgeous i love it i absolutely love it that um yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it was it was Jurassic Park, Stargate. It was my first date film, and I didn't actually concentrate on the date because the film was so good. Uh, Which one, Stargate? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, uh, well, you know, I, I have a, I have obviously um, uh, a lot of love for any character named Daniel, but Daniel Jackson especially is just, I mean, movie version, TV show version. Give me some Daniel Jackson. I don't care. I don't care. James Spader was great. Um, he was absolutely he great. Was, he was. He's still great, but um, he was. <laughs> 
That's well, the one thing. I think that's why I love um, Age of Ultron. A lot of people don't like that movie, but I think that it's just because oh, he's. Oh, I like it. And I think of I, every time I hear Ultron, I think, oh, it's evil Dr. Jackson. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Because he's like, he's, oh, like the, he thinks about it anthropologically, just like, like Daniel would, but he's evil, you know? So. <laughs> So first date, Stargate first date. I love the I love the way that that kind of rolls out. Uh, but you were like, listen, hey, buddy. It didn't work out. But I, I, Stargate remained as a you know, it was a good date. I just Stargate see you can up. like you're like pawning him off. You're like, listen, hey, hey, buddy. You see the special <laughs> effects? Listen, Kurt Russell's about to blow some shit up. I don't need you right now. <laughs> so good. So um, good. But yeah, that's, that's Star Trek wasn't a thing to me back then. I knew it existed. I knew there's this thing called Star Wars, and I knew there's this thing called Star Trek, and I didn't really know the difference between the two. Um, but I was 17, and I've got uh, glandular fever, uh, which is called mono. You, you guys call it mono over there. Uh, um, yeah. And I was, I was really that's, poorly. That's late to get it, too. That's that's not so good. Yeah. It's not good for anybody. I shared a cake time with my friend at college, and um, she passed it to me. So, oh, love um, Thank you, Debbie. I don't talk to her anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not because of that. We grew apart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was sick poorly with it. Some people get really, really ill. And I, I was ill for quite a few months. I couldn't mm -hmm. get out of bed. I was feeling tired. Um, that was kind of the main thing. And my boyfriend at the time, he brought over VHS tapes of Star Trek Next Gen. And he said, oh, here's something to chew up. It's been going on for a few years. Thought you might like it. Um, and I was hooked. I was just absolutely hooked. Uh, and then towards the end of the day, with like, like Encounter at Farpoint? Yeah, Encounter at Farpoint was the first yeah. Yeah. Um, That episode gets a lot of crap for no good reason. That's a great, I, I love it. that show. Yeah, I love it. I wasn't yeah. hooked. I wasn't hooked yeah. to start with. And it probably wasn't until season three. Yeah. Um, but then I fair. was drinking it up um, because I didn't do anything about them lying bed and watch Star Trek. Uh, honestly, I, I think if the Klingon had walked down the street, I would not have batted an eyelid because I messed myself in this Star Trek world and there was nothing That's else awesome. that was going on in my life of interest. So and you did that, that all on VHS? I did that all on VHS. And then as I was getting towards the end of it, he was like, oh, did you, did you know there's more? They've done another one called Deep Space Nine. Um, and then I think by the time Voyager started, that was still on VHS. Um, I was watching that and they released it in the UK every two weeks. So he'd finish his shift, he'd go to the supermarket, buy these videos, and I'd be like, oh, hi, great, yeah, in they go. And I just started watching them. <laughs> Thanks. I, Thanks, honestly, I, I, I ate, slept and breathed it for, for a long time, and, and that was it. The, the rest was, was history after that. But um, I think it was the last season of Voyager, we broke up, um, and I was really worried because I was just like, how am I going to watch the rest of this series? I'm going to have to go and buy the videos. Priorities, like right? priorities you're like can you just like can we just keep it to one two more weeks <laughs> oh you know reasons to work out the kinks that's amazing that's amazing um so it is interesting to me when you know i don't i think there's there's like no matter at what time it seems like trek has come into folks lives it eventually just becomes i can't remember when it wasn't always there you know, um, you know, and, and uh, even coming into it, you know, under those circumstances, it's literally comforted you through sickness and continues to do so, I imagine, because like I realized today, I mean, it's been it's been a couple of days since I've watched Star Trek. I don't know. 
You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. I need to. I've been watching Superman, getting ready for uh, uh, the my Superman podcast that's coming up a little bit later. Uh, so yeah, and that's a lot of fun. You know, I don't know if you like Superman. Or not. I think um, someone said I, I can't remember who it was. It was something. It was tweeted a long time ago. Um, but in lockdown, I think people find lockdown hard, and they try and find familiarity in times of the unknown, with which mm-hmm. a pandemic is an unknown for an awful lot of most of us, to be honest with you. Um, and a lot of people turn back to Star Trek and the shows that they liked when they were younger because there's purpose, there's adventure. And there's a possibility that everything does turn out okay in the end. And yeah, I love yeah. that because I, I watched so much of it in lockdown. I nailed Voyager again um, and obviously got through Lower Decks, Discovery, all three. So I had watched them, but I watched them again because it was familiar to me and it made me happy and it made me feel comfortable in this whole kind of don't go out the house, you're going to die if you go out the house. That, you know, that kind of mentality right. that was happening in your face. Well, and, and too, you know, uh, one of the things that I've read or seen, and it's come up a couple times recently, but it deals with the the idea of the, of the comfort show, um, and especially when it comes to folks with um, anxiety uh, disorders or, um, you know, other neurodivergencies, it has to do with the known, the familiarity of the known, the fact that we know these people, we know these outcomes, we know these shows. We can go to a show, we can go to an episode like A Fistful of Datas and know what it's going to make us feel like, you know. Yeah. Uh, or we can go watch something deep if we want to feel something. If we're feeling, you know, if we're feeling sad and we want to commiserate, there's an episode of Star Trek that will help you with that. And then in the end, you will likely feel better. Um, and, and, and it isn't just Trek, it's anything that you've taken comfort in, in, in the repetitiveness of it. And, um, and I've had to answer that question because, you know, Lord knows, I'm sure my family is sick of it by now. Uh, (laughs) there have times it has been on days straight just because it stays on. And, um, you know, my, my thing is the kids will, the kids will absorb it by osmosis if, if by no other means, uh, Because I don't have any Trekkies in the house but myself. It's one of my failings as a parent. Uh, I mean, they picked up on all kinds of other great stuff. So, you know, if that's the only thing that never comes to be, it's fine. Uh, But it won't be for lack of trying. And they will have, you know, a background noise version of it. My Um, my daughter loves Star Wars. She's Star Wars. And I'm trying to convert her as well at the moment. But it's all Rey. It's all Princess Leia. Um, Yeah, and that's fair. They're strong female characters. So I'm not going to try her from that but um yeah but we're, also we're gonna Star Trek start. is right over here. You, know, you got Kira yeah. you got Dax you got uh I think it's that. the more Star Warsy yeah. version of Star Trek anyway you know it is the more fantasy themed version of Trek out of all of them um I've mentioned it before Deep Space Nine is you know and and I I heard myself say this and, and I got mad at myself because it is one of the things that they used to say to try to diminish Deep Space Nine, but that it is, it could be Star Trek in name only. Um, you could excise Deep Space Nine out of Trek and have it be its own standalone entity, and it would be exactly the same thing. Um, but it had to have Trek. It had to have that familial connection in order to be, um, otherwise it is just Babylon 5. Uh, but 
I think it's the, it's, yeah. you know, and, and it kind of gets treated that way too. There are so many things that were established and done and dealt with in deep space nine that didn't really resonate out into the rest of Canon. Um, and it's still, other than the fact that everybody seemingly loves the defiant, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. but, uh, it, it, uh, it, it, it does stand out as, as just that place where, you know, it could be an Island unto itself. Uh, but fortunately for us, it's part of this, it's part of this grand mythos we have now, you know? Yeah. So favorite Trek series. Oh, you don't have I to tend to look the one that I've last watched. So at the moment it's probably Voyager. Yeah, I'm with oh. you. I've gotten to that point. What's your favorite Star Trek? The one I'm watching, you know? Yeah, because it, <laughs> I've just stopped watching Deep Space Nine. I was going to try and, because uh, I've never seen Enterprise. I, for some reason, I've oh, just okay. never really, really watched it. Um, and I need to watch it. I said, like, oh, should I give up on Deep Space Nine and go to Enterprise? And no, 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 a resounding no. I need to carry on with the Deep Space Nine. Um and I'm starting to enjoy it again now, <clears throat> but it just seems so old sometimes when you watch it. Like Jake Sisko now, like he's my age and he's just right. so small. He's not small. He's so tall, but he's yeah, so he's... young. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Enterprise would be an interesting, I would like to, I, I want to see someone, uh, a contemporary of mine who didn't watch it live, go through an Enterprise watch because. Well, that's um, what I'm going to do. After Deep Space Nine, yeah. it will be Enterprise. So, I just want to, uh, I want to see that. I want to see that distanced, fresh take because I'm sure you've heard all the criticisms of, of the things that it did. Um, but it is at, like all Trek. It is a product of its time. And, um, you know, I can, I can watch it and, uh, just like everything else, I can take out the parts in real time that I don't like and set them aside because most often than not, they don't either contribute or detriment to the story. So you can just ignore the parts that, you know, don't play well anymore and keep watching. Um, and eventually like there are episodes, whole cloth episodes of the original series. I won't watch just because like, you know, sometimes Kirk is creeping on little girls. That's, <laughs> I don't even know how that was cool in the sixties, man. Um, because it's just like, <laughs> did nobody watch this back? I mean, just <laughs> nobody, this didn't make anybody else uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's that is how that is how we get better and better at it, because, you know, uh, we continue to make it a product of its time. And yeah, if we're making definitely. progress, then it's a better product. So that's why current Star Trek Discovery is a product of its time. We are living in a time where um, acknowledgement and recognition and. Uh, removing barriers and demarginalization is what we ought to, that's the work we ought to be doing. Um, yeah. And to see that work represented in Trek is, is where it ought to be. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. You, you see some of the naysayers on social media because these people are not the kind of picture perfect people that you would anticipate seeing in previous series. And they get so hot up about it. They get so upset. And it, it, it just baffles me. It just absolutely baffles me. You know, this, this character's fat or this character's stupid. or It's like, why? Like, it's so narrow-minded. It drives me I crazy. Mean, real people have weight issues. It's okay to be represented. <laughs> and what what's frustrating is that those, you know, those aren't even the character's traits, okay? Um, mm -hmm. That's those, I mean... Um, at the at the fruit stand when we when we have customers come in we 
we describe what they wear, not what they look like, because, you know, everybody can wear a green T-shirt. Right. Um, and, and so those criticisms aren't even aren't even about the show. <laughs> You're just being yeah. mean. You're choosing to be mean. Yeah. Um, you know, we could we I I I personally have absolutely no problem with Tilly. I identify uh, with Tilly um, straight away. But you know, you you can criticize the way the character is written um, because maybe that frenetic energy isn't your jam. Uh, but it has absolutely nothing to do with with uh, the actor's body image. Um, you yeah. know, and you can if you can't set that aside, then you kind of miss the point of Star Trek. I think. Um, well, you know, I mean, or maybe you need to go back and watch Let This Be Your Last Battlefield about 800 times um, <laughs> <laughs> because you missed the point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll defend um, Tilly to the death, not just because she shares the same name. It's because oh, she yeah, is no, just... that's absolutely fantastic character. Uh, no, she is. Uh, she's my avatar to the show. Uh, her and Detmer are probably... Uh, some of the characters I identify the most with, um, you know, Detmer, uh, not only with her, um, you know, spoiler alert, season three, Star Trek Discovery, um, her uh, and content warning for PTSD, uh, but her dealing with that, um, uh, you know, even to a bigger but yet still lesser degree than than something like that might deserve. And maybe we'll see some repercussions of that coming coming forward. But uh, identifying with that um, and identifying with her. Uh, imposter syndrome, you know, being, being the best, but not believing you are. Um, and, and until she got the chance to prove herself the best in, uh, you know, that cool, uh, <laughs> fighter pilot scene with books ship that, that was amazing. That was, that was such a good scene. Actually. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Oh, well, you know, you know, we don't get a whole lot of pew pew, uh, fight fight in track, <laughs> uh, compared to, and but when it's done well, it's done. It's really good stuff. It's a lot of fun. Um, so okay, well, what is your uh, is Star Trek your favorite sci-fi, or do you have just a level? Star Trek's the favorite. That, that's that's the go-to. That's the one of what shall I watch? That that will always be the the, the one that kind of goes um, on. And obviously, most things are available on Netflix now. So I just turn it on, pick a series, oh, yeah. off we go. Um, oh, I, yeah. I can watch Trek in about, uh, I don't know, six different outlets. It's on here in the States. It's on Netflix. It's on Hulu. It's on Amazon. Uh, all, all, all the old stuff. Um, awesome, yeah. yeah, all the old stuff. Only the only Paramount Plus has the new shows, uh, but it also has the old shows. And then uh, through various um, sources, you can find all the movies on a streaming service, but they're not all in one place. Even they're not yeah. even all on Paramount Plus. <laughs> Um, search for the, yeah, so, uh, licensing yeah, is weird. But I have a lot of What's your favorite movie? Oh, First Contact. Oh, yeah. I That's... love the Borg. I just love the Borg, which is why I love um, Voyager, because it's got so much of the Borg in there as well. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. are the ultimate badasses and... Um, you know, I was going to say they're misunderstood. They're clearly not misunderstood, but no, I exactly. just... I think everyone knows exactly what they're after. <laughs> They've got a plan. They're going to execute it, right? So <laughs> I and, like uh, that diligence. Of what I don't know. I don't. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just is, find uh... them frightening. I find them um, 
you know, if aliens ever attack Earth, those are the ones that you don't really want attacking Earth because they've they've got it down, they've got a plan, and they will um, assimilate you. Well, and they are relentless. Yeah, it's relentlessness. Any kind of relentless, uh, relentless. I won't say mindless because they do have a, like you said, they they have a stated purpose. But uh, any kind of relentless entity with a singular focus um, is kind of a terrifying. You know, they 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 aren't interested in negotiating. You don't have an argument that they're willing to hear that will change their mind. Yeah, let's and, talk uh, about this. Let's negotiate. No, yeah, it's nope. just, just yeah, hive mind and, and lots of animals and species across the planet are like that. So it's actually a relatable kind of. Yeah, no, there's uh, bears aren't interested in negotiating, you know, <laughs> they really just kind of want to either eat or go away. Uh, and I think, though, first contact kind of flips that switch to uh, from for Picard from the, uh, you know, the diplomat to the uh, there. There is no you cannot negotiate with these monsters kind of kind of mentality. Um, but that movie has so many great things in it. It is, I mean, it's a great movie besides being maybe one of the best Star Trek movies, but it is definitely, um, even at the start, pinnacle. the eye, when it fixes out from the eye and it's just, yeah, no, so it's good. so great. Oh, and then it's the dream within a dream. Oh man. Double whammy, you know, and that's, that's how they get you. And yeah, no, it's, uh, that, that may be, um, I worked in a theater when that premiered. So I was, uh, I got to actually run the projector to start that film. It was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, and I've got a very large, like four foot by or three foot by six foot um, poster of the Borg cube chasing the Enterprise. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to get it out and get it framed at one of these days because it's obviously very old now. <laughs> I know. Oh, let's not think about how old that movie is. Oh, <laughs> well. What do you do now? I mean, what is your what is your day to day? Well, my day to day. So, um, work, 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 more work, yeah, um, more work. a little bit of work, and, and two kids. So, two kids and a ten-year-old and a four-year-old, yeah. Oh, that um, is work. Well, that is work as well. No, they're fun. They're chilled. They're really good kids, actually. Um, awesome. uh, apart from the Star Wars, you know, we're trying to convert them. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can work on that. Uh, but yeah, a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old, so they keep me busy. Obviously, they're at school. It, it was a challenge in lockdown with um, working full-time, having to homeschool and all that kind of things. Um, but yeah, and now lockdown's coming out. I'm doing a lot more things like going out and socialising. We could have the Eurovision party and... and that kind of stuff so it feels like a bit more normality is coming back into life and then what I also try and do is <clears throat> involve the kids in the stuff that I love because I think that's important um so I said I like space I like astronomy I'm trying to get the oldest into you know looking through a telescope and understanding what she sees in the night sky and, and that kind of thing so um I think she was about eight uh, and so I teach, um, I don't, I haven't done it for a long time, but I teach um, Key Stage 2, which is kids age 7 to 11, um, basic astronomy and cosmology, based oh, wow. on stuff around like Carl Sagan, um, and, and remember his, his sort of Cosmos um, series, yes, of which course. loved, and then obviously um, Neil deGrasse Tyson did the upgraded yeah, version, yeah. yeah, and I could listen to his voice all day, because Hold it's just most wonderful. Wait, one okay. moment. Where is he going? Ah! 
Did you see it? <laughs> I did. It's the Lego Shuttle Discovery. Here, let me oh, turn off the background. God. I'm going to turn off the background so you can get Oh, it. I love it. And then I'll show That's you all so of the cool. best parts. Let's see. Choose virtual background. Let me fix this. Uh, so I, I took a trip to uh, Florida in January 2009, I think it was. And it was the last launch. Was it Endeavor or was it? Oh, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, it was around so the same the, time that Obama inaugurated. The, the final launch of the shuttle program ever was in June of 2011 because I was there. And that was Shuttle Atlantis. But relative to your interests. I think it was, yeah, I guess. But it, it took off a few days later. Oh, my God. That's amazing. It has the Hubble and it fits in the bay. Oh. And mm. it has its own, it has its own stand and everything too. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, this was, uh, this came out, I don't know, I ordered it the day I got the email and I didn't even ask permission. I was like, I'm ordering the Space Shuttle <laughs> Lego. Is it a purchase? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Legos are not, Lego economy is, uh, is 10 cents a brick. And this was. Um, Less than ten cents a brick. <laughs> well, there you go. It was. Um, I'm gonna go set it back down real quick. That's okay. <laughs> boys and toys and all of that. Boys and their toys. I've got a lot of Lego. I've got the, oh, the yeah. castle. No, uh, <laughs> well, I haven't really got much, much space stuff, but um, but yeah, I, but, but kids love space, and I love that that whole interest in um, my daughter. So I, I taught at my daughter's school, and I loved getting in the room with the little, little kids who were eager to learn about um, the size and the composition of planets, um, and just really like because they're, they're young, they're not going to get kind of space and you know physics and, and stuff like that, but. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard, my very educated mother, Jess, uh, does nachos. Uh-huh, yep. And obviously that teaches you the order of the planets. Yep. Oh, so, yeah, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, etc., etc. Um, But then if they like it, you can talk about, you know, what you see in the night sky is only a tiny part of the Milky Way and we're on here on the strand of the Milky Way and what's your address? And they come home every day. So, oh, you know, this, and the parents contact me and say, oh, we love this. Um, and I think the last one, Bless them. I, I taught them the Drake equation, which is the um, uh, probability of civilizations that are actually out there. Yeah. Um, and it's cool because then I, I was really scared of aliens and space as a kid. I was a really young kid. Um, and if someone was sat down and explained it, saying, yes, space is massive. You know, it's, it's, it's the biggest thing there is out there. Um, but actually it's not that scary because, you know, if someone would find us, what would it be like? Would they be horrible? Would they be nice? You know, we are, we are very insignificant. Um, well, they're teaching a kid that they're very insignificant. It's probably not the best thing to do. But, um, <laughs> that, that, you know, number of civilizations in our galaxy where communication is possible, you know, times by the probability of star formations, that the stars have little planets, that they're intelligent, that um, they go on to develop intelligent life, they have developed tech, um, and then, you know, the length of time that they've been in space and also that time period that they would have been able to have done that without extinguishing themselves or moving on or, or something else happening. That whole equation, you know, those parameters, you don't know. 
you just don't know them. Um, and then it just gets kids thinking. They walk out wondering and thinking, oh, wow, you know, is it zero or is it 100 million? Yeah. We just don't know. But yep. they, they love that. That's, that's well, and like that's, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, at any given moment, the effective population of the universe is, is infinite or is it zero? Hmm. Because you, we have, we have a finite, um, presumably a finite number of inhabitable planets with a finite number of inhabitants, but an ever expanding and ever growing universe. So that is infinite. And so you divide you divide a quantity by infinity and you get zero. So the population of the the average population of the universe is zero people. Scary. <laughs> it's it? a scary. It's a I scary thought. It's weird how I'd math so works. If we're the only people out here, or the only things out here, that would be so sad. Awful waste of space. That, that, uh, that's my favorite film, Contact with Jodie Foster. Oh yes. Oh, that I is have my seen favorite that. film. In it's the whole movie. world, it's three hours. It is yep. phenomenal, and that whole question of "Are we alone?" and Did it you know, really "Do we happen? ever want to make contact?" Yeah, <sighs> and and yeah, I uh, again, I was actually um, uh, I worked in I was running a managing a, a cinema when that movie premiered, so I did get to see that. Um, I think that was nineteen ninety nine. I think that was uh, yeah, uh, ninety seven actually. 1997. I don't like to think about those things. That's for sure. Because, uh, yeah, you know, time marches on and it, it is relentless. And it's the fire in which we burn, uh, to quote Star yes. Trek. Um, well, fantastic. Well, Tilly, it's been an absolutely wonderful conversation with you today. I hope you have enjoyed yourself. I have very much so. Wonderful. Really, really. Uh, yeah, I, I was at Conrad um, or UK Deputers. Yeah. Oh, get on the show, get on the show, get on the show. So, uh, and I don't shout out for him. He'll get really annoyed with me. So oh, man, I totally I meant to. Yeah, I totally meant to shout out. He's going to a previous guest at this point on the show. Uh, Conrad, you, uh, uh, UK Locutus is just, um, he's a wonderful uh, person to interact with on Twitter and is exactly the reason um, that, that uh, I reached out to get you onto the show because he, 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 he championed and cheerled for you. Uh, and I, you know, it, all, it ha all he had to do was say, what about you? And that was like, oh yeah, 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 of course not. Why, why, why not? Um, and yeah, absolutely a brilliant plan on his part. Uh, I think you and I have executed it brilliantly as well. Um, <laughs> is yeah. there anything that you would like to get out there before all is said and done? Any, any uh, causes to promote or shouts to give out? No, no, probably not. I'm not really massively active apart from Twitter. Um, I'm doing, hopefully, if pandemic allows uh, DST November in yeah, yeah. London. Mm -hmm. Really looking forward to that. So hotels booked. Conrad and I have this big cosplay plan of like matching outfits and, yes. and things, but it's going to be super cool. Um, I did a jailer test last week. It's it like I tweeted it and it took me so long to put it on. Jailer, yeah, and it just makeup running everywhere. It's like no, so we're going back to the original plan, uh, which is Captain Killy from the Mirror Universe. I'm doing that on yes. Saturday. Yes, um, just need a kind of copper wig kind of going yes. on because I'm not dying. Um, and then probably seven of nine, because uh, I did seven of nine, because I've been to comms before, um, but I've lost a bit of weight. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know, I've got to try and pull off a poor man's seven. 
We'll call Woman of Seven. There you go. <laughs> hey, well, with um, the plethora and, and multitude of 3D printing artists uh, in our circle of friends on Twitter, uh, getting the costume bits for a proper Seven of Nine should not be difficult. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Yeah. I've, I've got the bits and pieces of like the face, uh, face implants and things like that. I think it's just building a structured fake boobed outfit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cat suit. <laughs> oh, the infamous cat suit. That's the hard part. <laughs> I would not be able to pull that off, though. So, you know, kudos to you. So. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll cosplay a different board. Uh, now I'm going to go for the easy, the easy money one of these days if I ever get to go back to a con and just do Commodore Decker, you know, be Matt Decker. Nice. It's, I mean, you know, just go with my strengths. It's already there. So, well, with that, I, uh, I, I'm afraid we do have to bring the show to a close, though. But we always look forward to having guests back. Um, I think. Let me do the math. Okay, so you will be the official. Um, anniversary release of the show. First Uh-oh. anniversary release. There is a, uh, by the count, you'll be the 53rd episode, but uh, by the um, calendar, you will be the anniversary episode. So congratulations oh, to you. Right Thank you yeah, so much. What do we win? What do we win? I know. Right? I can send you a t-shirt. <laughs> as, soon as, as, soon as, my, as soon as my idea comes to fruition, I, uh, I will send you uh, a t-shirt that is being worked on right now. Um, oh, I think I you'll, I think you'll find it. Uh, do you know Almonds Raw on Twitter? Instant yeah. Almonds? Yes, uh, I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she's been on the show before. Uh, and uh, she's a cosplayer. And uh, she's, she's... Oh, yes. Yeah, I do know. I do know. Yeah. She also yeah. happens to be a pretty pretty sweet graphic designer and engineer. Uh, so she's working on she's working on an idea for me to uh, and I think it's going to come. Oh, I look forward to seeing it. I know, I know. All right. So, uh, well, with that though, folks, thank you for your ears this week. Hope we earn them again for next week. Um, if any of you all would like to help support the show, the best and easiest thing for you to do is to share it with your friends, leave a review on your catcher of choice, and just help spread the word. If you enjoyed this show, uh, let everyone know. And if you would like, go back uh, through the catalog, get to know some of our previous guests and some of your new friends and share those episodes as well. But if you find yourself uh, to be folks of means and you like sharing means with me, I accept those means via Patreon at patreon.com slash D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R, where uh, for as little as $3 a month, you can gain early access to this show uh, every week. Uh, And for as little as a dollar a month, you can get to say uh, howdy on the Discord server and a shout out at the end of uh, these episodes here. So... Uh, If you want to do that, just reach out. Otherwise, uh, if you are struggling or need to reach out and speak to someone, my DMs are always open. You can find me on Twitter uh, at D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R and um, just reach out. Uh, I'm not licensed or a therapist in any way, but I do have ears and a shoulder and uh, a heart and all of those good things. So just say hey and we'll chat. Um, Otherwise, we look forward to uh, chatting with you again next week and kind of close things down from the Totesuck Studio here in Central Arkansas. We say good night. Good night. Good night.